0: This is Training Camp Live with Mark Grody and Gabe Ramirez on Sports Radio 670, The Score.
1: You want a hit of the Bears? We are your dope dealers. Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody. He's going to be joining us in just a second. Of course, this is a nice off day for the Bears, as they should have. Bears playing the Colts tomorrow. I will have your post-game coverage. Myself, Leo Stoddard. And believe coverage begins at 9 o'clock, 9 p.m. So we're going to be doing some Saturday, Saturday overtime for you guys. And I think it's going to be important regardless of the fact that, that you know, Justin Fields is not going to be playing. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about the fact that Justin Fields is not playing? I've heard a lot of people talking over the last couple of days, former players, people in general, just up in arms about, actually in favor of starters not playing as much in the preseason. But I'm curious how you feel. Are we still in that space where we're saying Justin Fields needs as many reps as possible because you know he doesn't have. I forgot what the key number is. Anthony Heron mentions it often, often, like forty games or thirty six games, or I'm sure it's two and a half seasons. So I'll go with thirty six. But Justin Fields isn't even. I mean, you don't want to. You don't want to have him be hurt. So for those of you that, first of all, I would like to think not even one percent of people are thinking that they should play. Justin Fields over there let's talk to start to Grody and see what he has to say Grody Mark Grody hanging out with us on a Friday a lot, lot your Fridays are a lot different in 2023 than they were 10 years ago huh, Grody? <laughs> that's, a, that's a very good point you're in a, um, you're in a you're in a hotel but a clean one you're, uh, yes <laughs> you're 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 gonna be in bed by nine probably it's, it's yeah like, this is wow, what a difference. Yeah. What a difference. What, the what, are we, what are we
0: talking about? I heard you just talk oh, about I, Justin Fields. It was what's, more, what's going on? I was on?
1: posing the question. It was more so I was telling people how I'm going to be doing the post game tomorrow. Oh, nice. And I said, you know, what? and despite the fact that starters aren't going to be playing, including Justin Fields, you know, I'm still going to be here ready to go. And then I said, how do you feel about the fact that Justin Fields is not playing?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's. And it was in, in relation to the. You know, three playoff, or three preseason games as opposed to four. You know, just but then I was like, yeah. well, ultimately you don't want to have him be hurt. We talked about that a lot. Your Dave Wants that said your season's screwed and meant more ways than one if, if Justin Fields is hurt. But do you yeah. care? Like, do you care? Like, does it matter? It doesn't matter to you, right, Greg? No,
0: I mean I think it's like the right decision, but it. I I wish he was playing just for the sake of the entertainment and the sake of seeing Justin Fields play because I, we just I, I have not gotten in, it's been the it's been the same thing really man if you want to take it all the way back we just never get to see enough of Justin Fields or enough of what we want to see from Justin Fields we remember his first year where he was essentially second and third string in camp because you know Andy Dalton had had to be the mm-hmm. the first string and then you know when he did start to you know play last year like we're all we're all left a little bit hungry still so i'm still in that that space as you would say where i want to see him on the field every single snap but i do understand the need to not play him it's kind of like watching these practices like the two practices i just watched here in westfield indiana where i, I am right now like you, you, you get tired of seeing the second string quarterback, the third string quarterback, because <laughs> everybody gets their turn. I get in it, Grody, Grody,
1: Grody. That's so. Like the reason I just burst it out because I'm trying to think of me being a beat reporter and being like, God damn, I can't wait till the season starts. This sucks. Like I, I'm constantly reporting on second, third, you know, because your first string team is, team is getting reps, but you, you're tasked with following everyone that's out there.
0: Yeah, it's like, oh, no, here comes the B.J. Walker line. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and and in all honesty, I mean, like, of course, that is the, the general demeanor of all of us when Justin Fields is not in there. But I guess the air quotes good part about it is then we can kind of let our guard down a little. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it's a little – because it's intense to watch these practices in this era where everybody wants to know so much and then they don't want to know – things like if something goes wrong and they love it when something goes right so we trust me we are intensely watching and then you know then you have occasionally when it really goes down a notch is when they do special teams and yes we pay attention to special teams (laughs) and all of that but just kind of like everybody, like over the last, you know, as we were talking last night when I was breaking down how they're on two different fields and all of that. You have your choice. You want to watch the Bears offense? You want to watch the Bears defense? What do you think most of us were doing about 85% of the time? Oh, of course. Watching the first string offense and just kind of keep an eye on the defense. So honestly, I don't think that there's anybody, unless you had the luxury of having multiple reporters from, you know, whatever publication or radio station or TV station you work from, it's pretty difficult to see everything that goes on but the most the thing that people want to know the most about and that back to the original point of this conversation and Justin Fields not playing the thing that we all still want to know the most about is the development of Justin Fields
1: yeah and you guys are tasked that's a tough task right to be able to not only report but also assess with the with the limited vision you know in in moments that you have seen that offense talking to Mark Grody here he's out there in Indianapolis Bears concluding their joint practices got the game tomorrow Grody let me ask you this you know, depth is going to be – no, excuse me. Depth is important in the NFL. Um, injuries are inevitable. You 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 need key guys in certain places. We just talked about second, third, stringers, you know, other other, other options that are out there. How deep do you feel this is the Chicago Bears team? I mean, because, you know, you, you've got to see them. And, you know, I'm curious as, like, the drop-off level from – the, you know the starters to that second string maybe even that third string is it is it off of a cliff mm. or is there you know do you you still feel cuz cuz it's going to be important for this bears team in 2023
0: honestly i think it's nfl
1: representative
0: oh, uh, i love that yeah like i don't i mean there, there's a drop off i don't think that there's like i don't know that the bears necessarily have better depth than other teams but you know, they have pretty good depth at linebacker right now. And, you know, if they if you're using two linebackers, most of the time you have, assuming Tremaine Edmonds ever gets healthy um, and TJ Edwards, and then you have Jack Sanborn and Noah Sewell, for example. And Noah Sewell has garnered a lot of justifiable attention throughout this camp. So that's that's one spot right there that you can look at and say, yeah, there's some pretty decent depth there. You could also say that for once, I suppose, at the wide receiver position, although you can never have enough of those guys. When you start to talk about bringing in somebody like Tyler Scott and putting guys, now that you have, let's just say, you know, in in a real season, a real camp of Chase Claypool when, you know, when he wasn't injured and you have DJ Moore. So those, and Darnell Mooney is back healthy. And then you could start looking at guys like, you know, Valus Jones and Equinemius St. Brown and Tyler Scott, the rookie as depth pieces and that that will play important parts as well so those are a couple of examples um you know one thing and i was talking to a a fellow reporter about this today at some point in time just because it's the nfl we probably are going to see pj walker quarterback the bears and you know you, you start to think about that depth and you know he he just has not looked good during camp but you know you 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 know that you're probably going to even if it's just for a quarter or for a series or whatever, quarterbacks get dinged up. We saw Justin Fields get dinged up last year, so I think that that's one area of concern. But again, I don't think that the Bears have worse depth than most teams. I don't think that there's this steep drop off. It is what it is. Like we, like I was talking with Mully and Hall this morning about the offensive line, and you know we talk about you know you get down to Alex Leatherwood and Larry Borum and Doug Kramer and. None of that sounds good, but that's typical of the NFL. You know, it's hard to find five really good starting offensive linemen in the NFL. So, you know, when we say those names and people are like, oh, man, Leatherwood's still on this team. Well, he's pretty similar to other backups on other teams, too.
1: Yeah, but I love hearing that, Grody. I mean, when you're thinking about last year and how thin this Bears team was and to know now that at the very least it's comparable. I mean, sitting number one in the in the waiver wire and, you know, still having the ability to add guys as they've done over the last week or so. I mean, it makes you feel good about the Bears, at least that you know, if there is an injury, you're not then thinking that the season is over, except obviously barring one to the starting quarterback. But I mean that feels good to me. All right, so let's talk about some of those some of those pieces, some of those some of those starters. I mean after a couple of days watching the Colts up close and personal play against the Bears, what were some standouts for you?
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, in terms of guys standing out, it's been some of the the same guys like Tyler Scott has continued to to thrive out here. I thought that, you know, Valus Jones missed the practice yesterday, but on Wednesday I thought he had maybe his best practice of training camp so far in terms of being a receiver, he was good in 7-on-7. Seven seven. He was good. He caught a deep ball in 11-on-11, 11 11. so it was nice to see him stand out. DJ Moore continues to stand out. I mean, he never doesn't stand out. He is just so good and so consistent and such a weapon for for Justin Fields. So I think those are a couple of guys. Robert Tunyon uh, saw him, I think, catching at least— uh, two touchdowns. One of them was in a red zone drill, and I think the other was just in plain old 11 on 11. Um, so Robert Tunyon has stood out a little bit out here as well. Um, you know, Eddie Jackson, you know, who did go down himself on uh, early on Thursday, or was it late? late Wednesday, and did not practice yesterday. But he continues to stand out in these practices as well. And, um, you know, it's good to see a couple of guys out in terms of standing out. Good to see Nate Davis back out there, although he barely participated, but just to see him in pads. <laughs> the fact that you actually... said his name is good enough for me, Greg, I, be honest, <laughs> I know, man. I um, know, man. And Demarcus Walker. Demarcus Walker, who is going to be an incredibly important part of this team. You know, he will be, you know, with Yannick Ngakwe here, he is going to make – you know, guys like Rasheem Green and DeMarcus Walker better. And actually, I do believe I, um, a little little bit of DeMarcus Walker sound here for you, as a matter of fact. DeMarcus Walker, um, kind of talked to him about how he's doing, how much they're going to allow him to do right now, and whether or not he's going to get a chance to, to play in the game on Saturday. Here's a little piece of uh, Bears defensive end, number 95, DeMarcus Walker.
2: We're getting there, you know what I'm saying? It's just a one day at a time, you know, just uh, checking in with uh, the, the staff and, you know, just continuing building these days and, you know, um, getting those mental reps. It's safe to assume you probably won't get reps in the game or you will? Well, we haven't uh, talked about that yet, you know, uh, tonight or tomorrow morning when uh, I see the uh, staff, we're going to uh, go over those, um, you know, that plan. Do you push for something like that or you just leave it to them? What do you think? I think you push for that. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, that's a good answer. I like that, yeah.
0: I don't expect a Marcus Walker to play. Yeah, I, I know not. he he said what he said, and, of course, what he pushed yeah. I know it. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, now that you said that, I
1: think you're not going to play.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty clear. Yeah, I I would be very surprised. I mean, you know, they, they they do get the day off today, so that's the only possibility. But at this point, with Matt Eberflus obviously protecting players and talking about the backups and starters essentially not playing, I'd be very surprised if he's playing. But just like you were talking about with Nate Davis, Gabe, it's good to see DeMarcus Walker back in uniform, back in the pads. And so you just check these guys off and say, OK, Flus wasn't lying about these guys. He was right. These are day-to-day injuries. And, you know... I think symbolically it did a lot to see both of those guys back in uniform.
1: Love seeing that. Love hearing that. Uh, We got more with Mark Grody on the other side. Going to be talking about Justin Fields a little bit. Also going to talk about Mr. Richardson. How much did uh, Grody like from what he saw over the last couple of days? And last but not least, we're going to open up the phone lines. All right, Uh, Tyler, you got me over there. Baby T, with your your Cubs hat and your Wrigleyville shirt on, bro, doing the most. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the most right now, especially after that. Oh man! Anyway, why well, uh, you always got to go after the Cub fans at the radio station? Is that what right? I did?
0: Yeah, is you do. You Sears man. I mean, you I think got, it's the. the I think
1: it's the. I think it's the the matchy matchy is that about you know? If a you, wear a too Cubs, much? you wear a Cubs hat, cool. I don't care about that. You wear a regular shirt, I ain't got no problem with that. You got blue socks, blue shoes, oh. baby blue shirt, blue thing. You know what I mean?
2: Didn't I'm very I see you? particular,
1: with matching, especially the shirt and the hat combo. You did not grow up in my era. That, my era is where everybody matches head to toe. Your era, they just wear whatever they want. So. I thought I saw
0: it. you in a socks hat and socks shirt And in, in a post the I other day. I did that. Yeah. That was
1: specifically yeah. for a reason. I did
0: okay. that to oh. piss
1: off Dustin Rhodes. See? There it is. Your divisive relationship with all the Cubs fans at the radio station. Oh, you mean the one that he started? Because I wore a. Oh. I wore a socks hoodie to work on the Tuesday that I was filling in, and he goes, he goes, oh, you must really love those socks to wear that sweater. And I was like, oh, <laughs> God, okay. And so when the socks won the first game, I came back with a damn socks get up, the whole thing, just sock rubbing in his face.
0: I'm, so. no, I'm glad I know the history a little bit. I should have known that Dustin Rhodes was the one stirring the pot. I apologize, <laughs> Gabe. I apologize.
1: All right, open up the lines for me, Tyler. I want to give you the opportunity to call in. Grody has been. At training camp all week. He is in Indianapolis in this current moment. If you have any questions whatsoever, you can take my job. I'm the one that's asking about absolutely anything. If it's a position player, if it's Justin Fields, if it's the running back crew, who's the best wide receiver, whatever that is, whatever you want to know, you can call right now and Grody give you the answers on the other side. All right. 312-644-6767. We're talking the offense on the other side with Mark Grody. I'm Gabriel Ramirez. We'll do that next. On 670 The Score.
0: We're back with Training Camp Live with Mark Grody and Gabe Ramirez on Sports Radio
1: 670 The Score. A lot of second stringers is going to be busting a move on Saturday. Tomorrow, that is. It's Gabe Ramirez. It is Mark Grody, and we are hanging out with you guys till 7 o'clock, so make sure you just hang out and chill. Uh, got some... Calls coming in, Groats. Got some text messages here as well. Phone lines are open. We know there's a lot of questions that you could possibly have. I mean, geez, I always have a ton. So if you have any, feel free to text them in or you can call right now. Lines are open, 312-644-6767. I'll go to the text line first, Groats. Okay, I'm ready. Somebody said, who looks better? Who looked better? Fields or Richardson? That one from the 815.
0: I thought on the overall Justin Fields looked better. Like it was not a great night for either quarterback last night, but Richardson kept missing with his passes. Now, you know from the reactions that I was giving you when I was reporting live with you that when mm-hmm. that guy runs, it's kind of it's fun to watch just like Justin Fields, but you know, this kid, Richardson's bigger. So this like this locomotive coming at you um, in terms of the size and the speed and the quickness and the elusiveness. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible to really watch both of these quarterbacks do what they do. But I think on the overall, I thought Justin Fields had a, had a better camp, um, which does lead me, actually, to one other thing from the fluce here. Actually, the, my first first of two cuts that I have from the fluce But um, fluce was asked specifically about... Justin Fields and where he is right now on this date, whatever this date is. What's the date today? Does anybody want to know what the date is today? The 18th. On August 18th of 2023, on the eve of their second preseason game, Matt Eberflus, where are we with Justin Fields?
1: Yeah, I think he's right on pace. I think he's right on pace. You know, I think he's, uh, he's, you know, he was eight for eight and had four touchdowns and seven on seven. That was excellent. Um, You know, he has a, you know, Rhythm, timing, he's getting better there. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's a protection and breakdown. It's never just Justin. You know, it's always everybody. It's the other 10 guys that need to operate. Are we running the routes correctly? Are we protecting the right way, giving him time, and uh, doing those types of things it takes to have an efficient pass.
0: And and keep in mind that that's after last night's practice, which was not a good practice, but something – got to be honest with you. Like, Iberflus has been pretty real. Like last night, in his opening statement, without even being asked a question, he said, You know what? the offense has looked really good or he said collectively, but I think we knew he was talking about the offense. He said, we're looking really sharp and seven on seven looking really good in individuals. He said, it's the team drills though, that we need to get mm. better at, which is, you know, and if you like to speak differently, that's 11 on 11. That is a football game. <laughs> so, and that, that's, that's the, that's the, the real, the real... <laughs> right. The football game is where that's great. The, the struggles <laughs> have been. So that, and you know, that, that's after that practice last night, but he said that he had talked to, he said he showed film to his, and Tevin Jenkins backed this up for us so that, you know, they flew showed film of the highlights and most of those highlights were in seven on seven and, and there you had Tevin Jenkins, you're starting left, uh, left guard saying, yeah, yeah, we, he just wants us to tighten things up on 11 on 11. So he's not out here trying to lie to people that this is some sort of complete team at this point
1: totally understand that and I mean hey I appreciate Iberflus for his honesty yeah from the very beginning I mean that to me sits well all right let's uh let's take a phone call yeah let's go to Corey out in Kenosha Corey you have a question for Grody but it's it has to do with the running back room is that correct
0: yeah thanks for having me on guys so obviously the Bears ran the ball more than anybody else last season uh, based off what you've seen in camp, what kind of a role do you think that Deontay Foreman plays for the Bears on that one year contract this year? Starter role. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Starter role. I think, you know, the running backs have all looked really good. Deontay Foreman has been, you know, he's been a big part of what they're doing in training camp. I thought that early on in training camp, especially, it seemed that just the way they were using Foreman, I started to feel like, hmm, maybe he's the number one guy. I still think it's absolutely going to be Khalil Herbert will be the guy that who gets the first chance, and then Deontay Foreman will be the guy that comes in to spell him. You know, but but there is it's not like Khalil Herbert is some sort of superstar that can't be overtaken in terms of how many carries he gets. My prediction is, if you're asking me right now, is that Herbert is gonna get the most carries, followed by Deontay Foreman and then probably Roshan Johnson and Travis Homer somewhere in that mix as well.
1: Yeah, makes sense. Thanks for the call, Corey. Appreciate it. I think a lot of people are just so interested in the running back. I mean, yes, Bears ran for the most yards, blah, blah, blah. They have a new. They have a new guy back there, right? It's not David Montgomery, and I think that you know we've been so accustomed to consistency from David Montgomery, right? Like eighty something yards, couple of passes, you know, a couple of good runs, but nothing too crazy. And then you know you get Khalil Herbert in there, and, and the expectations. I would. I would think that. The, wouldn't you agree, Gord? That the expectations are higher. For the running backs this year than it was last year?
0: Mm. Probably, yeah. I mean, just if nothing else, but for the experience of Khalil Herbert, and based on the fact that he had what over five point six yards per carry last year, and we know that his issue, you know, is blocking, which is for a lot of running backs, incidentally. But yeah, higher expectations. You bring in De- Deontay Foreman. You you draft a guy in Roshan Johnson, who a lot of people, you know, were applauding Ryan Poles for making that move to you know draft the backup to Bijan Robinson. Johnson at Texas, and thinking hmm, this guy might be pretty damn good too, but we really didn't get to find out. So it's kind of like the the unknown and the mystery that keeps people interested in Roshan Johnson right now. I don't know though, because you know you did have David Montgomery last year and Khalil Herbert, you know, in in his you know starting to really you know kick it up a notch. But you know the the thing that we can say in general with the running game is that they are going to depend on it a lot. I think that that's what we are seeing. Um, In these camps, with the shorter passing game, with a lot of handoffs, that they want to protect Justin Fields. As much as they want to let him loose and let him throw the football more and use those weapons that we already talked about, they clearly... Are t- are sort of trending towards a little bit more conservative, and make sure that if Justin Fields ain't able to do it, that you've got this really good running game too.
1: Yeah, and that's something that you want to be able to lean on, and I think that's important. I think I think Khalil Herbert, it, you know, has the potential to be the guy. It's just you know you see you see, you saw it with Tony Pollard last year, right? When Ezekiel Elliott went out, Tony Pollard had never had you know over 16 carries in a, in a game and the same thing held true because they just rotated other guys in so I'm curious you know if Khalil Herbert is the man like what is that going to look like the assumption cannot be that all of a sudden he is 100 yards a game you know running back right I would I don't think that'd be the case that that would be awesome but I don't think that'd be the case but somebody just texted in growths from the 773 and said that Dan Weederer just said on this station that Dante Foreman may be a surprise cut.
0: <laughs> well, I'd have to get a little more context on that, but I mean, that could be a product of Roshan Johnson. I mean, we we have been seeing, like I said, at the beginning of camp, it looked like they were featuring Deontay Foreman. Then all of a sudden you started to see more Khalil Herbert. And now, now that Roshan Johnson is healthy, which he was not early in camp, The last couple nights, we have seen Roshan Johnson working with the first string, so I, you know, if we're playing the game of surprise cuts, that's a good name because that's a fun name to throw out there. Because he feels like I hope that's not a, the case. He feels like a player of consequence. I don't expect that. I yeah. don't. I don't expect him to be cut unless there's something we don't know about him in terms of an injury or or there's something that they're seeing from his play that they don't like. But all, all I could say is that they use him a lot early in camp, not using him as much in camp now. So that's that's an interesting take, if nothing else.
1: Okay, uh, we have another text that just came in. A Couple texts. Actually, about a particular player. And this is how you know we're going deep cuts here. Deep cuts over here. Somebody Let's said, do it. Yes. Tyson B- Agent. Bajent said, looked very natural, looked like a very natural quarterback in last, week, last week's exhibition game. Nathan Peterman I did not. Do you think Bajant has a future in the NFL? Hold on. Wait, that, that was one text message. Another okay. one came in and said, Hey guys, I'm a friend of Tyson's dad, Travis. So maybe these are the same dude. They're like probably hanging out next to each other, and they're just, you know, I guess sometimes you and your buddy just text the station. But it says yeah. I'm a friend. I'm a friend of Tyson's dad, Travis, and made it to the game with the family. The word is we got some inside information.
0: Oh, we got some word here.
1: Tyson is making a huge impact and may knock off Peterson. When you're, you know, obviously you're watching the offense intently. When it gets down to that those that level of quarterback, I mean, I think Peterman's there, you know, to be. A safety net oh yeah he's a third strength quarterback right yeah. but Tyson if, if he were to make hey look decent look, what did you see
0: yeah I mean he's he's looked very good he's looked very good I mean uh he's been like in that in the preseason game he was very efficient seems to be a pretty smart quarterback I think other players like him but this is a guy who came out of a small school And I don't know how ready he is for real NFL competition at this point. But, you know, we've seen this with some of the other backups in the league over the last few years that guys, hey, one of the guys we saw backing up for the Colts last night made a big name for himself in Gardner Minshew once upon a time ago when it was Minshew mania. I mean, these guys come out of nowhere and they're good. So do I rule out – Tyson Bajan as a possibility to be an NFL quarterback someday, no, I do kind of rule him out at this point for getting playing time with the Bears in a real game.
1: All right. Well, speaking of backup quarterbacks, uh, there's someone on the line that wants to talk about uh, just that. Our guy, John, from the South Side. John, welcome to the show, bro. What up?
2: Hey, how you doing, uh guys? Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing what some of our backups uh can do Um, because, you know, we know Justin Fields is our future. We understand that. But, you know, it's about the development of just not just our main quarterback but one of our backups as well. Because, you know, theirs have had a history of terrible backups. And it's about time for us to kind of change that. So I'm interested in seeing that. Um But then uh, Gabe Gabe, and um, – Brody, I got a question. I'm kind of concerned, Brody. You haven't mentioned anything about uh, Cole Komet. Mm-hmm. Um, we paid this kid all this money, and I've heard a couple times, and it, it may have been from you, uh, Brody, oh, he was a good block. He's been blocking well. But well, yeah. we paid this kid a little bit more money more for, than to block. And it seems yeah. like Tanya, you just mentioned, he's made more catches in the red zone. And I'm kind of concerned about that. So I'm wondering what's going on with him. Um, and then one more quick question, guys. Uh Brody, is Webster supposed to be the little rookie that we picked up? Is he supposed to be a potential uh, punt returner or kick returner? I talking about, was, uh, are talking about? You talking about Simba tweeter? Webster?
0: Simba Webster? Yes, about? Yes, yeah. 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 He's uh, and, and yeah. Thanks for the call, man. Yeah. He. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll start there with Webster. Yeah, he's he's been getting opportunities to return punts, and he is you know he's a wide receiver by trade. I don't know if he makes the team. I'd probably not, but you know he's one of those guys, a, a camp hand who has looked like whenever you see him, he's doing the right thing. So it would like be a he's, good. He's sp- playing in week 15.
1: Right, right, right,
0: <laughs> right, 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 exactly. Oh, he's
1: back. You see back. some randos in week 16, You're like oh, yeah. it's, it's Webster yeah. again.
0: Yeah, so, so that's the deal with Webster. Seems like a really good kid, too. Um, as far as Cole Komet is concerned, I will say, again, he was another guy that Cole Komet would seem like we saw him catching a lot of passes and being a bigger part of the passing game earlier in camp. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the shallow and intermediate routes. was a couple times where, you know, they would they would run him deep. A memorable one was early in camp where he goes deep down the field and was covered step by step by by when Tremaine Edmonds was practicing. Practicing. It was just a great uh, coverage, I thought by Edmonds, and then the ball was slightly overthrown by Justin Fields. So I think that they're going to use him I, I, to to really answer the caller's question. I'm not worried about Cole Komet, but <laughs> he did he did make the point that I have not said his name a lot, and it's true. Like I haven't really seen many highlight plays from him over the last four or five days of camp. And you are correct. You know Robert Tunyon has been thriving over the last couple of days, and I would look at it as hey, that's all right, that's okay. I mean, if you have two good tight. I mean, last night they had that for a minute there on that third down play that we were talking about. You had Carlson, the tight end in there, along with Cole Komet and Robert Tunyon just for a second before they changed things up. So tight ends are going to be a big part of this offense. We've seen them on the outside running routes as well. So quite frankly, I don't care which you know, if you have this situation where you've got the hot hand tight end and and Justin Fields can fling the ball to both of these guys, and I think you've got a great situation. But on the overall, I am not worried about Cole Komet.
1: Yeah, I mean I think he's You know, I, I when it comes to Komet, you know, I come down on him pretty hard. Not pretty hard, but I just come down on him. Okay. Because I want I have high expectations. You know, it's like the kid sure. that's good on the basketball team or whatever, and you like, you know, you're always on him because you want more from him. You know he can give you more. And so, Cole Komet to me just seems like that kind of a guy. And so, that's why I think for me, I'm harder on him than most, especially because he's a hometown guy as well. And I just want consistency, right? I don't want a four game stretch where you're playing particularly well or the ball's getting thrown to you, you know, in bunches. And then we don't really see much from you throughout the rest of the season. I think I'm hoping that that changes, right? Because he a consistent Cole Komet. When you're talking about where Justin Fields gets better, right? It's it's more p- p- passes and catches from a cold commit right it's fewer drops from Cole Komet. it's it's him being a safety valve for you on you know rollouts on play actions it, it's Cole Komet. He, he plays a big role there and i just, just want to i'm sorry just, i'm coming hey man out.
0: hey look he's a second round pick you know out of notre dame so yeah the expectations are different for him you, you know second round guy you expect him to produce. I mean, this is not like a super fast, you know, great route running tight end. Um, But, you know, some of it too is Justin Fields. And we know one of the things that they've worked on early in camp and continue to is flinging the ball to a variety of different guys. And look, we know that DJ Moore is gonna get targeted more than anybody this year but you have to have, A, either the illusion that other people can catch passes or actually those guys catching passes and, you know, ha- be able to spread the football all around or else you're in trouble. So, yeah, you should have you should definitely have high, high expectations for Cole Komet. It's kind of the way I talk about Justin Fields. You know, when people get down on me or anybody, it's not just me, but my colleagues too, if you're critical of Justin Fields or you're not sure about Justin Fields, you know why? Because I hold them to a higher standard. There have been many quarterbacks in the Bears past where I'm not expecting, I'm expecting a six. You know, I've, I still have Justin Fields on the 10 scale. He's not there, mm. but until I until I decide to change my mind or I've decided to see enough, I hold him on that scale. And maybe that's naive of me to still have these this high of expectations for Justin Fields, I, but I do. And that's why I'm going to tell it like it is when I see things going poorly mm. like they did last night.
1: Yeah, I love seeing it. All right, one more question before we go to Bray Groats somebody's on the text line and they're saying since I'm a resident of Hinsdale and all of my kids went to Hinsdale Central you're showing your age there bro I'm interested in how (laughs) Kramer looks and his odds of making the team I'd really like to see him stick
0: yeah I think Doug Kramer's gonna make the team unless they've got something else up their sleeves for the backup center it was funny I I was on the air with I think it was Parkinson Spiegel yesterday right before the practice got going and they were asking me, hey, who's the backup center? Because I thought it was going to be Lucas Patrick, but there's been no indication of him putting on a uniform anytime recently. We know that, you know, for the most part, like through injuries and through just ineffectiveness, he has not been an effective Chicago Bear. I mean, the best part about Lucas Patrick was his opening press conference and, and the nice things that everybody said about him, and then he just has not. And yeah, if we want to blame on an injury, that's fine, but he's just not been there for the Bears, and as soon as Cody Whitehair left practice yesterday with a hand injury, which we have not learned any more about. It was Doug Kramer in there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's this part of me too that roots for the Illini guy. Wait, so Doug they, leap, Kramer. He,
1: they leapfrogged Patrick to put in Kramer?
0: Well, Lucas Patrick did not practice. Oh, like he, okay. he was literally in shorts and t-shirt last night when I saw him. Okay. So that that's the thing. Like to me at this point, like we talk about potential, you know, you said that Weederer was talking about the potential surprise cut of Deontay Foreman. I I would put Lucas Patrick in that category. Is he somebody Mm -hmm. that they're thinking about cutting? And do they believe that Doug Kramer... And, you know, Matt Ibraflusa said good things about um, Doug Kramer. You're not going to hear them deviate much from that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, you know, th- uh, for me to sit here and tell you, yeah, this guy's ready to be a center in the NFL for 17 games. I'm not sure about that. You know, he dealt with injury last year. So really he's just getting into it and still learning at a high level right now. But I think it would be a hell of a story if Doug Kramer could be the bear starting center. I'd be hey, awesome.
1: I think people had high hopes for him last year. Unfortunately he was just injured. So yeah. for him to do something like that, it shouldn't be too far fetched. All right. Uh, on the other side, Got Grody till 7 o'clock. I'm going to ask him, uh, what should we be paying attention to in tomorrow's game against the Indianapolis Coats as the Bears send out a bunch of second and third stringers? Who should we, what numbers should we be paying attention to? I'll answer that on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Mark Grody. It's Training Camp Live right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
0: We're back with Training Camp Live with Mark Grody and Gabe
1: Ramirez on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Bears take on the Indianapolis Colts tomorrow. No Justin Fields and a handful of other starters, but who should we be paying attention to? That we ask to Mark Grody, who is joining us right now on Indianapolis Groats. Are you in your hotel room right now? Are you? Are you like? What are you doing?
0: Well, check this out. Actually, I am in um, at a friend's house in Westfield, Illinois. It just so happens that one of my best friends from college lives four minutes, so it's a four minute drive to where these dual practices have been held. So, I've been lodging with a friend. Tomorrow, I will do the, the show from 11 a.m. until 1245 and then blast off for Indianapolis proper where I, I will stay in a hotel that is about two blocks from the RCA Dome or whatever they're calling it these days.
1: That's hilarious that you're, that you're doing that. That's I know. That's awesome. It's, it's great, man. <laughs> you're like, yeah. hey, bro, what's up, man? When was the last <laughs> time you saw your buddy? Uh, it was
0: actually just uh, not oh, that okay. long ago in okay. Laporte. We uh, we do a. I think I might have told you we do a oh, we do a trip? dudes trip yeah. to La, to Laporte, Indiana. So yeah, now I find myself in Westfield, Indiana. So I'm I'm very Indiana over the last year or so.
1: Is that the one where you guys like dress up and like do makeup or anything?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was the one where at least two of us underestimated the weather and it was cold and we went to a Walmart and the best we could find was long sleeve Notre Dame shirts, which I'm actually wearing right now. It's, that's all we could find. So that we look that. like a. Bu- it's like it's like the scene in Pulp Fiction, where after they they shoot the guy yeah, in the back of the yeah. head, and they have to go to the Wolf's house, and they put on oh those ridiculous God. shirts, and they look like a bunch of dorks. So that's kind of like what we look like. Yeah, it yeah. is yeah. Hilarious, yeah. bro. That's oh great, isn't it? <laughs> it's
1: so funny to think about. That's why I'm laughing. No, it is funny. I'm, uh, I'm you're like the first middle person. Of America, <laughs> middle of America. Gross yeah. is in there. My 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 city friend, Mark Grody, lives in downtown. Chicago. Yeah, all. And he's like, Where are we going to go? Walmart? Is are we safe? Is this this, this okay? Well, here's the funniest part. Since you are you are
0: showing greater appreciation for this story than other people have that I've told this to. (laughs) But when we the first year, this is the second year we've gone to Laporte, Indiana. Last year we go there. The first place we go because it's you know we're we're renting this house and we're going to build a fire and we're going to grill. So we got to go to the grocery store, right? Everybody, you know, some of my friends want to get beer, all that. So we got to get snacks. The whole thing. We go to like the local Kroger. Whatever it is, first person I see walk in there and he goes, he's like, Mark Grody. I go, yeah. He goes, he goes, what are you doing in Laporte, Indiana? <laughs> he goes, he goes, don't you live in downtown Chicago? <laughs> yes. So it's like we got this awesome score. It turned out Laporte, Indiana, very much the scoreheads and a lot of uh, a lot of Chicago sports fans in Laporte, Indiana. It's my it's my a new adopted town. That
1: is great. Oh yeah. my gosh. Oh, thank yeah. you for that story. Thank you for that. Appreciate yeah. that, Grody. I got you. Um, But but. We do want to know who we should be looking out for yeah. uh, tomorrow during the game.
0: Yeah, I'll give you some names, and I'll give you a position to really keep a close eye on, and that's defensive end. Um, and there are three guys, three guys. I'll start with uh, Terrell Lewis. Terrell Lewis, the uh, the now third-year defensive lineman, defensive end in this system out of Alabama, who had two sacks and looked impressive. He opened some eyes in the first preseason game. He had the, the strip sack and then another sack after that. So that's one guy to look at that position. And then Dominique Robinson, another guy too, who is, I don't think he's fighting for a roster spot necessarily because he's only in the second year of his rookie contract and he's a fifth round pick. And they're trying to work him from being a receiver in in football to being a defensive end. So I think they're going to give him a little bit the time, but I would like to see him show something, you know, and we've seen him flash a few times in training camp, but Dominique Robinson, I think it's an important game for him. And then the third defensive end that I would go with is Travis Gibson, who also had an excellent game in the first preseason game, but he is fighting for a roster spot in his fourth and final year of his rookie contract. So those are a few guys at the defensive end position. I'll throw out, let me give you three, maybe four more names. Um, Terrell Smith, I'm curious to see if he will play. Remember Terrell Smith, the the rookie out of Minnesota who appeared to be competing with Tyreek Stevenson for an outside spot in the cornerbacks room. I think that that competition is over, or if it's not over, it's pretty silly that it's not over because Tyreek Stevenson has outshined a lot of people in this camp. So keep an eye on Terrell Smith. If he's going to, if they will put him into the game, because I think they still want to get him some work. Um, And then the two other names are Adrian Colbert, Who is a sixth year defensive back out of Miami? He has looked really good in camp. We keep calling his name. And then a local kid, uh, Barrington Wade, linebacker out of Iowa, who I believe had an interception in that first preseason game. Um, So those are some of the dudes to look for. And then my guy. I mean, you always have to have a guy um, who I think only had one catch in the first preseason game, Doris Fountain, the wide receiver, first-year wide receiver out of northern Iowa.
1: Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it I'll seems... just keep saying his name until he until I'm right. <laughs> yeah, those are my favorite guys, gross, so I got to be honest. When you're like, you're like, no, 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 I know they pay people to watch players and to say if they're good or not. But right. I'm pretty sure I got good eyes and I know what I'm talking about.
0: In those yeah, that would be great. Can I play a? Uh, I got one oh more flus yes. cut. I just it, this one. I kind of waited for this for the end because um, this cut from Matt Eberflus shows that he has become completely chicago you know there's some doubt you know because of all his time in indiana and his time uh, obviously in dallas and he's back with all his colts guys and so you kind of wonder i mean where's this guy's loyalty but take a listen to this exchange in terms of where he's living these days to go
1: home at any point this week uh my home's in chicago <laughs> i thought you saw the place here uh nope i sold it two weeks ago two weeks ago okay. <laughs> that's, that's right place.
0: See? He sold his Indiana house. He is all Chicago now. No more of this, yeah, I go to my sweet Indiana house on weekends or in the off no, 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 no. The the Eber are here.
1: I'm glad that, that is a, a big piece right there. And I'm glad It that, is. Was that Emma that pressed him? No, heard?
0: I believe that that was Patrick Finley from oh, the Sun Times okay. in that case. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they okay. got Shout similar similar Finley. voices. I could see the it tone did. is similar <laughs> in both their voices. <laughs> well, the higher pitched.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Well I'm glad Fluses is here. Do you know where he's where he lives at? <laughs>
0: he lives at forty
1: seven twenty two. Oh,
0: oh, I don't know. You I know. I imagine it's somewhere on the North Shore. I mean, all those yeah. players and coaches, Lake Forest or Glencoe or any of those towns that you and I can't. Well, maybe you could afford to live in those towns. I can't, so you know. Sure. Yeah. Oh, true. Okay. Wow. When are you having me over, man? Fancy house guy. I,
1: you know, I just bought my house in Oak Park. I, just, I know. Okay. Know, I wasn't
0: sure was... if you were making that public,
1: so I was keeping oh, it yeah, on Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, got, got, follow me, Chicago underscore Gabe. Put, put pictures up over there. Oh, <laughs> nice. I was just, pictures up. Okay. I was just there. I was just there today. I know we got a couple of seconds. I got. I was just there today, and it was just, just really cool to see that the work being done. You know, it's a fixer-upper. So, you, you know, you, you put your hard-earned money into a house, and you try to, you know, fix the neighborhood. But here's Here's what I'd say, here's here was my welcome to Oak Park. Every time I've walked around the neighborhoods, everyone's been extremely nice. Today I was parked, you know, behind my garage because I was dropping off a couple of things, you know, just putting them in the garage. And I'm sitting there and I'm going through my car and a guy like is riding through the alley in his bicycle. Bicycle, by the way.
0: Okay. And yeah, that's all always, yeah. <laughs> gotta point that out. How, how how old was the the gentleman thereabouts? Sixty 65- five. Yeah, DUI, but go on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. So then he's going through the alley and there's speed bumps in the alley. <laughs> okay. And he pulls up, but my car is in front of my garage. Uh-oh. And he, he, like, stops his bike, gets off of it. And then I'm like, trying to figure out, like, what is he going into the house next to me? Is this like my new neighbor or something like that? You know what I'm saying? Uh-oh. Yeah. So then I'm like, I like come to the back of the car to see what, like, what he's doing. And then he's like, you know, they leave these spaces on the side of the, alley so that bikes can go through them but my car was there obviously he's being, oh. he being a jerk and i, wow. I right now girl, i look at him and i go are you serious <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all i could say i'm like bro there's a big gap in the middle of these like speed bumps you can just go right you don't have to get off of your bike to go over a bump but it was the fact that it's like they, they leave space here so that bikes can go. wow like, you're in the alley but i was like are you serious? Hey,
0: next time you see this guy, ask to see his license, and I promise you, he won't have yeah. one. Do you have a permit
1: to drive that bike, sir? I'm yeah, sorry. exactly.
0: I'm, like I learned that. Like when you see, like, oh, like if you're in the city and you see like haggard old white guys driving <laughs> around on their bikes, it's like, what's going? Oh, probably, probably at, on his third DUI. Is what's ten, going at, on?
1: At ten in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. No, you know the look. Like a little haggard, little sir. gray in the hair, the beard is coming. It's I'm like, snake. oh yeah, this guy's. This guy just got out of out of a two month prison sentence because that- of his fifth DUI. That's what's going on. Yeah, he just
1: got out. He's feeling a certain type of way. Mind you, the speed bump in an alley is not like a speed bump on a street. You know what I mean? It's just like a baby speed. You you could have drove over that, bro. But whatever. Shout out Oak Park. I'll be there. They'll sprinkle a little Chicago over oh, there. I'm sure they're nice. going to They hate hearing this. Whoever's on the board of any Oak Park, anything. <laughs> yeah, for the board.
0: So, well, yeah. I'm going to come to your – when you have the housewarming party, I assume I'll be invited, Ooh, and okay. I've got two plus ones. Sean Sears and Dustin Rhodes are going to be <laughs> my better. plus one and my plus two.
1: I already know what they're going to bring me, Cubs jerseys. All right, yeah. groats. <laughs> Love talking to you, brother. Uh, enjoy your evening with your friend. Right, and then, Shout uh,
0: out. Can I shout out? Geez. I'm a shouting out the Somervolds. Brian Somervold, Mary Somervold, and my guy Jude Somervold, who I'm going to do a little broadcasting with. So <laughs> shout out to the good the good folks here in Westfield, Indiana. Take yes. care of
1: my guy, Mark Grody. And then if you want to hear Grody and give you some more updates, tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. right here on 670 The Score. Grody, have a great evening, all right? You too, man. Enjoy the rest of your show, buddy. Thanks, brother. All right. Uh, more... Chat on the way. We got to talk about some Cubs. We got Andy Martinez at seven twenty, uh, but we'll change directions and talk a little baseball on the other side. It's Gabriel Ramirez. It's Friday night here in Chicago, and this is Chicago Sports Radio six seventy The Score.
2: Yeah.